Welcome to Marketing with Confidence. I'm your host, Marianne Amies. We're going to be talking all things digital and online marketing for business owners and marketing professionals. If you've been feeling overwhelmed by your digital marketing, be sure to listen along and you'll hear tips, interviews and more that will give you the confidence to create marketing you love. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing with Confidence. On today's episode, we're going to talk about whether now is the time to slash your marketing budget. It's no secret you'd have to be living under a rock. Here in Australia and throughout most of the developed world right now, we're hearing the pain and uh, impacts of moving into a recession. We in Australia are facing increased living expenses and as bigger businesses like banks and utilities start to put up their fees, we know that the consumer, whether it be B2B or B2C, starts to feel the pinch. And we start to look at, you know, as a business owner, we start to look at our spending and we think if consumers are going to be pulling back or if our B2B business clients are going to be pulling back, how can we impact our bottom line or how can we save in our, you know, operational expenses to to have more net profit and, and to respond to that perhaps decrease in, in top line sales? So today I want to talk about whether now is the time to slash your marketing budget and what you might like to consider before making that decision. Understanding the impact of a recession on small business is hard. It's a long time since we've lived through a a full recession. Some business owners were alive through the GFC. And, you know, I think what we all know is what worked right then won't work now. What worked, you know, during COVID won't work now. We need to always be adapting in terms of what's currently happening in our market. So challenges that businesses are facing right now are uncertainty. They're worried about how their consumer or how their customers are going to be reacting, how uh, uh, revenue might change, how spend might change, how long it takes to get proposals off the ground versus normally. So they're feeling the pressure of, of that uncertainty and balanced with that is you know, wages to pay and 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 staff to look after and, uh, you know, trying to appreciate that staff living costs are going up, but as a business, our cost is going up. And so sometimes we can't give the pay rises that our, you know, our staff may want, but we're trying to retain them. And, we're, you know, we're trying to balance the scales of, of, of everything, of our own prices going up, of our, our sales potentially going down. And marketing is often seen as a great layer of fat where we can, you know, trim the fat and, and save some money. And I guess, you know, I'm I'm no financial analyst and and I and I would never claim to be. And it's so important that you're working with at least a really good accountant to understand your numbers. But we need to understand, I guess, all the levers within our business and what pulling one lever can do. And, you know, cutting back on marketing may save you money today, but it may actually have long-term impact into how your business not only weathers the storm of the recession, but comes out on the other side. We often hear that, you know, businesses that can weather a recession will go on to to grow at a faster rate because other businesses have pulled back or, uh, you know, other businesses have stopped uh, actively pursuing sales or marketing activities. When we slash our marketing budgets, you know, we can essentially be going going dead in the market. And at a time when every sale and every dollar is so critical to, to pull into the business, 
not being top of mind with our customer at that point may be, you know, uh, an easy win for our competitor who does keep marketing. So it's really important to work with, as I said, with your accountant or, you know, work with the, the financial people within your business and look at what the projections are for your business and what, you know, what changes you need to make. And, and by all means, that may be pulling back some of your marketing. And today, what I'm going to talk about is, I guess, strategy around where you can trim your marketing budget, where you can use your existing database to get more out of who you're currently connected with, who your, you know, top fans and, and loyal advocates are. So to kick off my advice for marketing during a recession, I'm always going to talk to strategy. Go back to basics. When you're setting out, and especially if you're now setting out for your, you know, FY24 plan, it's a really good time to review strategy. What were your objectives for the last financial year? How did you perform? What areas brought you growth? And, and that may be product and service areas, or that may be in, in fact channels. You know, did you get a lot of growth from email marketing? Did you get a lot of growth from your, uh, you know, on the floor sales team? Did you get a lot of growth from Google ads? Have a look at that strategy and, and really do the analysis. Do the analysis both within your P&L as well as back to your marketing objectives and, of course, through your, you know, your traffic or your Google Analytics if you have it and have a look at what, you know, what performed for you and what didn't. Where did you perhaps spend money but not get the most return and, and what activities were lowest cost? and actually generated great return for you. So I think it's really critical right now to spend the time getting back to basics. We need to consider how the ideal client is changing. We know that all customers during a recession are going to act and you know look and act and feel a little bit different to how they normally would. And look, depending on your product or service, they could look or act a, a huge amount different to how they normally would. But we need to look at how their pain and pleasure points may be evolving. Um, you know, uh, pleasure points around um, luxury or, or, or frivolous spending or treating myself may now be changing. And those pleasure points may now be more around wanting to find, you know, taking pleasure in finding a great price or taking pleasure in having a really high quality uh, product that will last or taking pleasure in being able to work with an expert and, and you know, take, take some stress away from themselves. So, your ideal client is going to be evolving and it's really important to get out your ideal client profiles or to create one and really dig deep on that intersection of internal and external pain and pleasure points to really have a feel for where you think your client is going to be. And it's probably best to visualize this at the peak of the recession, if you can, um, you know, in, in the worst case scenario, so that you are, you know, planning for what may be, you might actually want to have an ideal client profile that is, you know, best case and one that is worst case, so that you can, I guess, forecast and, and feel out where your client may go, depending on how the market goes. Reviewing that ideal client gives you the perfect opportunity to then you know, reflect on that strategy review, reflect on that analytics review, pull this all together and create for yourself a new strategy. 
I can't underestimate the value of marketing during a recession. And I know it may seem, um, uh, you know, uh, it it may seem, well, of course, she's going to say that she has a digital marketing agency. I have always run my business and, and my career with a with a focus on you know the most valuable outcome for each each person and i think you know i don't i don't encourage spending on marketing during a session for for any vested interest i encourage it because you know when we you know when we turn the lights off no one knows that we're home and as much as we think our customers know us and remember us and retain us there is so much in there in their face every day you know across social media in their inbox conversations they're having with other people if we don't stay top of mind especially in these harder times that we may move into we are going to be forgotten and those that do market are going to be remembered and are going to move forward. Even, uh, you know, maintaining your presence, maintaining your relevance, updating your messaging is so critical. As we touched on before about going back to basics, you want to maintain your presence and you want to have updated the way that you're talking. Now's the time, as I said, to update what you're saying are the outcomes, to update your call to actions, to update your, you know, your top of funnel and your bottom funnel activities, because that may look a lot different. The conversion cycle may be taking a lot longer. They might be more considered. So you need to think, how am I going to stay top of mind during that consideration? Or if they're researching more, how can I keep providing more information so they feel really comfortable and confident in, you know, purchasing my product or, or signing on to my service? You also want to focus in this time a lot of your marketing on loyalty as well. You have a whole existing, you know, customer database, I hope. And what you want to do is really give them reasons to stay with you through this time. So if you have any sort of retainer-based clients, you know, it's a great opportunity to to look at how you can add value or make sure, you know, you're re-strategizing with them or you're checking in with them, you're showing them that they're important to you. Um, you might want to add some value if you can, if that's possible. You, uh, you know, just want to make your existing database really feel warm and fuzzy and, and know that you're there for them. And then you also, of course, want to be attracting new customers. And as I touched on before, the customer life cycle, the customer, uh, you know, conversion cycle within your business, it may be longer. We we probably will see a lot of that impulse that we especially enjoyed during COVID. We'll see that fall away. So, you know, think deeper, longer considered purchases. So in attracting new customers, you know, the shiny thing, the the freebie to hook them in, I think that that will be probably less powerful as value-add, as education, as proof points, showing reviews and case studies, um, talking to quality, talking to, you know, how durable your product is or, uh, you know, how uh, timeless your product is, these sorts of things, rather than anticipating that people will be, you know, buying things just because they, they like it in the moment. So when we think about the value of marketing during a recession, it really is about maintaining our presence. It's really about staying top of mind and adapting to be relevant. So how do we adapt our marketing strategies during a recession? As I said, we really need to be firstly adapting to who and and, and how our customer has changed. 
But then we need to explore cost-effective alternatives. If you are currently running, you know, relying heavily on paid ads, you really need to analyze the return on actual sales. So if your paid ads are giving you, you know, a, a, a three buy or plus return, you are then probably covering, you know, most of your overheads and, and making profit out of those ads themselves. If they're under three, you probably aren't covering all the other expenses that go into, you know, running those ads, producing your product or service. But that said, those ads may be generating, you know, top of funnel awareness and and your conversion might not come through that channel. So you need to be really careful about that. But cost-effective ads, you know, you may look at Google ads and, and, you know, stop bidding for top of page and bid for lower down. Now, you might not get as many leads, but they may cost you less. And, you know, again, you need to test and measure and learn. So perform different tests. Um, you may with, you know, your social ads, you might want to look at, you know, really go deep into your analytics and look at your cost per conversion in different age brackets. And, you know, are there some age brackets that you could trim away um, that are costing you more and, and not performing as strongly as other age brackets or a gender or an interest or an ad placement Um, how can you trim and cut and restrict a little bit to make sure that your your budget is being completely maximized? Another great cost-effective, you know, marketing alternative, and and I did a podcast um, a few months ago on low-cost or no-cost marketing, and I really encourage you to go back and listen to that because it's so relevant even now. Um, but looking at, you know, collaborations, who can you team up with? Who is, uh, you know, not competition, but complementary to your business? And how can the two of you both market? This is great in local areas. You know, if you're a hair salon and there's a beauty salon, it's a great opportunity for you to do some cross-marketing together. Um, You know, if you're a cafe and there's a restaurant and you you both trade in different times, again, like that's a great way to have some cross-marketing opportunities on each other's social media or via newsletter. So looking at how you can use networks uh, you know, and 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 it doesn't always have to be the competition or the giveaway. It can also just be shout outs. You know, if you both agree to kind of pump each other's content out on stories, even you're helping each other to expand your reach and to expand your audience engagement. You know, the power of digital marketing is so huge. And I will always sit here and say that, but it is also the most cost-effective form of marketing we have ever seen. I've been in marketing Oh, coming on to 20 years now. And, you know, I used to work on big brands and have million dollar budgets and and spend it across TV and magazines with with little understanding of, you know, who who we were impacting or which contributed to sales in market. We now, you know, although the cost of ads feels like it's always going up, it is still so much more cost effective and so much more inclusive for small business, even than newspaper advertising ever was. Um, So really, you know, looking at how you can use those platforms strategically, you know, Pinterest and even TikTok, their ads are quite cheap because they're, you know, they're more in their infancy. Does one of them fit your business? Can you experiment with some ads on there if you're finding Facebook has become too expensive? 
I also think during this time, we might see Google ads continue to perform more strongly than social ads, only because with social ads, we're often um, proposing something to someone that may not have considered it yet. Uh, We obviously also use it for retargeting and remarketing. But when we're sort of at top of funnel on social media, we're often exposing, yeah, a, a brand or a product or a service at the very top, top. Um, so we're not dealing with someone who's perhaps as high intent as someone who goes onto Google and searches. So I think during, you know, a recession, we may have better conversion with people that are actively searching. So we may be able to pull back budget from that, you know, top of funnel, no awareness and move it into the, the high intent, um, you know, and, and really try to target in a limited way towards people that are, that are ready to buy and are Googling that exact thing that you offer. It's going to be really important to use all the free tools that are available to you. Social media, um, you know, if you can manage it yourself, if there's someone within your business that can manage it, having an active and engaged social media platform will continue to remind your ideal client why you're there. It can help build that personal connection if you really approach it from a, a personal and human aspect. And, um, you know, it's your own free platform to use. And and although we, you know, we complain or we begrudge the fact that the algorithm does this or the algorithm does that, it is still an opportunity um, that's there for us. And the more active we are, the more we humanize our content, we do see the algorithm begin to favor us. And it's true, again, of content marketing. You know, it's a great opportunity to be creating your own unique content. It's a great opportunity to be writing blogs and publishing them on your website, really getting your website up to date and keeping it up to date. I speak to so many business owners who have an amazing portfolio, whether they're, you know, um, in construction or in design or, um, you know, a stylist or across almost every, especially professional service type industry or services type industry, and their website shows none of it. You know, establishing a way on your website to showcase what you do and keeping that updated, you know, updating it once a month. It's almost like all that goodness that we put into social media, bringing it across onto your own website that you own that can impact your SEO and that can be that fully uh, comprehensive referral point and and build that trust and credibility. And then that, of course, gets us to email marketing as well. You know, many of us have databases that we do nothing with and, and whether that's just databases of customers we've dealt with over a lifetime or whether that's, uh, you know, databases that we've built through through prospecting, there's an opportunity there to continue to engage those databases, you know, using a, a mail program that manages subscription and unsubscription so that we're ensuring we're not mailing people that do not want to receive this mail, you know, having regular emails, adding value, educating, again, talking to that ideal client's wants and needs during this time and showing them how you're positioned to support that, I think is a really effective way that's, you know, a low cost way to continue to market and adapt your marketing, you know, leaning quite heavily into your email marketing may provide you a better stream of results than than your paid ads. And you may be able to really pull back on a new client acquisition, but get more out of, you know, existing and past clients as well. 
And I touched on it again with, you know, um, social media, but those benefits of collaborations and partnerships, you know, we saw it in COVID especially. And, and I think, you know, we can definitely draw on it to carry us across this time as well. But looking at ways to, yeah, bundle products, to bundle offers, to work with other businesses, whether that is local or whether that is, you know, on a larger scale, but looking to, you know, you could have a collaborative email, um, you could have a, a, a collaborative event, you could have, obviously, we touched on collaborative social media, uh, you know, competitions, collaborations, offers, shout outs drawing on that on people and drawing on other people that are going to be in the same boat as you is going to help you to maximize your impact and and staying top of mind during this time it's of course critical and especially i believe in harder times to measure and adjust your marketing efforts like your pnl like your you know your cash flow you need to be looking at your marketing and the results of your marketing month in and month out i mean if you're going to make decisions about cutting your budget you really want to make sure that there's no evidence there that tells you otherwise you don't you know want to turn your google ads off and find that all of your sales dry up because that was your main contributor to revenue so you really want to understand from your marketing what it's doing now monitor how it evolves as we move through this time. And then with the tests that you might be doing from what we've discussed above, monitor the impacts of that. Now, you know, you may pull back 10% on your ad spend and your sales go down 20%, but you also need to think of the market dynamics changing and think, well, what would it actually have gone down by if I had stopped altogether, um, it, it is a bit of a grain of salt situation because, you know, we also sometimes need to think, even though my, you know, my marketing has had a decreased return, what would have been my return if I stopped marketing altogether? And, you know, as we, as you hit harder times and you may need to pull back in certain areas harder, you're not going to give as much weight to those what ifs. You're going to you're going to go with the hard data, and I completely appreciate that. So make sure you're looking at that data. Make sure that there's someone within your business that understands that social analytic, that digital analytic. If you're outsourcing at all, make sure you're getting your reports each month. And if you don't understand them, which so many clients tell me they don't, push back and say, I don't understand this report. I need someone to talk me through it. I need somebody to line by line explain to me what this means because digital marketing agencies, marketing experts, we, you know, we tend to use a lot of jargon and we fall into that expecting that everybody else can follow along. So if you're paying for outsourced services or even if you have team members uh, on board, you really need to let them know if you don't understand what those metrics mean because in this time, monitoring those metrics, looking at those changes and understanding the impact is going to be what carries you through. And I guess what empowers you to continue to invest in your marketing and really believe in the outcomes it can bring. I hope this gives you some confidence and some insight in what to do with your marketing budget during this time. I know it can be quite hard uh, to, to even know what your marketing budget should be and to know how much to spend on marketing. And we definitely get asked this all the time. But what I can confidently say is what you need to be doing is always looking at your marketing effectiveness first. Talk to the financial experts 
that support your business about what your marketing budget should be, um, what sort of marketing plan you can afford. I am currently planning a Sydney workshop with my accountant, who I adore, where we'll be talking about how much you should spend on marketing, what a marketing budget should have in it, and how to stay profitable, how to really analyze your marketing. So combining two things I love, I guess, marketing and numbers. And if you're in Sydney, I'd really encourage you to try make it because I don't think it's a way that marketing gets talked about very often. And I think it'll be a really enjoyable and insightful event. Marketing like you know, all investments in your business are about long-term benefits, holding par, adjusting, you know, adjusting the course and continuing to keep your eye on the results will be so critical over the next few months as we move through this recession. It's so important that you don't just slash marketing because it seems like the fat in the business and you really get an understanding of how your marketing contributes to your overall success and how you can effectively trim and and innovate, I guess, to find a new way to market and a new way to move forward as your consumer evolves as well. Thank you so much as always for listening. I would love to continue this conversation with you more and encourage you to reach out to me on Instagram or LinkedIn. If this episode can help a fellow business owner or fellow uh, marketer, please share it. And don't forget to follow along and subscribe to make sure you get my next episode. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you don't want to miss one, make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app. And if you love it, be sure to share it with friends and colleagues who you think could benefit from increasing their digital marketing confidence. Want more? Head to MarianneAmys.com to find out how you can work with me directly, to reach out to have me speak at your event, or to grab yourself some free resources.